Hi, friend. Thank you so much for downloading this podcast. And it is my sincere hope you'll hear something that will encourage, edify, equip, and then get you out into the marketplace of ideas. But before you listen, I'm going to tell you about this month's Truth Tool. My Truth Tool is offered to anyone who gives a financial gift to In the Market with Janet Parshall. And this month, I've chosen the book, Connecting the Dots, What God is Doing When Life Doesn't Make Sense. Ever been there? Of course you have. We all have been. Sometimes we think we're walking in circles, and we're wondering whether or not God has left us, we've walked away from Him, what in the world we're doing if we're even in the center of His will. So this book is designed to help you find peace and confidence in your current challenge. And all of us have challenges. It also will make sense of most of the lessons you're learning right now. And the most important part of this and why I felt this would be appropriate is because it will help clarify in your mind the unique mission and message that God has given to you. So the book is called Connecting the Dots. It's yours for a gift of any amount. And all you have to do is call 877-JANET-58. That's 877-JANET-58. And give a gift of any amount, and we'll send you a copy of Connecting the Dots. If you prefer to do it online, that's easy as well. In the market with JanetParshall.org. Scroll to the bottom of the page. There's the cover of the book. Click on through, make your gift, and again, we'll send you a copy of Connecting the Dots. Just below the picture of the book is a description of what it means to be a partial partner. Those are people who give every month a gift of their own choosing. They set the level of giving. I don't. But they'll always get the truth tool. And in addition to that, a weekly newsletter that goes out as well. So consider being a partial partner or getting a copy of Connecting the Dots by calling 877-JANET-58 or online at inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. Now please enjoy the program. Here are some of the news headlines we're watching. By the time the conference was over, the president won a pledge. So Americans worshiping government over God. An extremely next... rare safety move by a major... 17 years, the Palestinians and Israelis negotiated. This Friends, welcome to In the Market with Janet Parshall. So glad we're going to spend the hour together. I want you to gather a little closer around the radio because I want to remind you that we are east of Eden and this side of glory. You know what that means, don't you? It means we are in a sin-sick world turned upside down. Good is called evil. Evil is called good. And basically, look around. People are doing what's right in their own eyes. And we are reminded through God's inerrant, transcendent, immutable word that applies as much today as it did 2,000 plus years ago, that fiery trials are going to come. That little Greek word is the difference between maybe and absolutely. When fiery trials come, not if, but when, that means we're going to have to be at war. In fact, the Bible talks a lot about war. Did you ever think about that? One of the verses you hear me quote all the time is found in Colossians. And it really is about how you avoid being taken captive as a prisoner of war. It warns us, by the way, to not be taken captive by vain and hollow philosophies predicated on this world rather than on the word of God. So we are followers of Jesus Christ who are constantly at war. I, I get it. I get it. You know, you don't want to talk about that in polite circles. But if you're really grounded in the word and you are fully his, you understand that our battle is really fought on three planes, the word, the world, the flesh and the devil. And sometimes we fail to recognize the manifestations of those three battlefronts, and yet they're all out there. A lot of churches won't even talk about our battle with the devil. It's like Goldilocks' porridge. You hear me talk about that a lot, because we do talk about spiritual warfare on this program. And for some people, the topic is too cold. They don't want to touch it. For others, it's too hot. They don't want to touch it. And some get it absolutely right. Well, okay, this is why we keep our eyes on the shepherd and not on our fellow sheep. 
get into the Word of God. What does the Word of God have to say about that battle? Ephesians is pretty clear about that. And the flesh, that's that constant battle that we're waging, whether it's coming from someone else or the battle that wages within us. Brother Paul had this battle down. He talked about not wanting to do the things he did and wanting to do the things he didn't do. So that's a reality. And that's where the flesh also comes into play as well. So we need to know something about war. And I don't know about you, but if I'm going to study war, I'd like to study somebody who understands the nature of war, somebody who understands the battlefield, somebody who trains soldiers, gets them ready for real physical warfare, but who also understands that he is a son of the Most High King and as such wants to train fellow warriors and followers of Jesus Christ, how in fact they can be virtuous warriors. And that man is Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. I have had the privilege of talking with Dave on multiple occasions, and I learn something every time he comes to visit. He served as a U.S. Army Ranger for 24 years, immediately out of the gate. If you don't have any point of reference for the military culture, let me just point out to you that the Army, this is the creme de la creme. Okay, these are people who are combat-hardened, who are willing to lay down their life for a friend, even if they don't know that scripture out of passage. It's how they're trained. And Dave, I should point out, has five, not one, not two, five patents to his name. He's published 14 books, including his perennial bestseller, On Killing. Over half a million copies are sold. Dave taught me a long time ago, because he's lectured in a lot of places, including Quantico, just down the road a piece for me, that you literally have to teach somebody how to kill. You'd think that that's automatic. It's not, by the way. And I think it makes sense when you and I are made in the image of God that the propensity to kill has to be something that's broken in us because that's not the way we're designed. And he's a retired U.S. Army Ranger, as I noted, a paratrooper, a former West Point psychology professor, but that factor is big into teaching people how to kill. He holds a black belt in jiu-jitsu, the martial art of the firearm, and has been inducted into the U.S. Martial Arts Hall of Fame. Translated, you don't want to mess with Dave. <laughs> he's helped train mental health professionals. After the Jonesboro School Massacre, he was also involved in counseling and court cases in the aftermath of the Paducah, Springfield, Littleton, and Nickel Mines Amish School Massacres. And he joins us today with his book on spiritual warfare, 22 Warning Orders for Virtuous Warriors. And this, by the way, is a book that follows another book that I had a chance to talk to Dave about on spiritual combat. And in this book, he really trains us to be virtuous warriors by giving us well, I'm going to let Dave explain what the military term is, but basically they're warnings. Dave, first and foremost, let me just thank you. I, you're about to give us something I can't return in, fi- in favor, and that's a gift of your time. You have a thousand things you could do with your life as evidenced by that short bio that I read, and you chose to spend it with us. So that means an awful lot. Number two, I don't know in all of my years of being in front of a microphone, most of which are spent here in the shadow of the nation's capital, how many people I've ever talked who are trained the way you're trained and yet have flipped it and turned it around and applied it as training for virtuous Christian warriors. So you're very, very unique in your approach. So I just have to ask you, um, which came first, your love of serving country or your love of serving God? You know, Janet, it's so good to be on board with you, and it truly is iron sharpens iron. Uh, I, I've always loved our country. I've always wanted to be a soldier. First grade, the teacher asked, what do you want to be in a I'm going to be a soldier. But I was brought to the Lord uh, by a lovely bride, my my wife of 48, almost 49 years now, and a philosophy teacher who was also a local pastor, a PhD in philosophy, and 
And I kind of came by that route, understanding that it is the most rational thing on the planet to believe in God. Mm-hmm. And we've got to understand that, that the foundation, that, that, that the most important thing in the universe is that belief. Whosoever believeth shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And we talk in this book, you know, on spiritual combat was basic training and laying the foundation. On spiritual warfare is diving into the deep end of the pool. You've got to understand this spiritual warfare is our purpose here on life. In normal warfare, we win in large part by killing the enemy. It's just that I wrote the book on killing on combat, just translated into Ukrainian. I'll be going to Ukraine and training their troops. In normal warfare, you win by killing them. In spiritual warfare, we win by saving them. And this is our purpose on earth. This is not our home. We are soldiers deployed to a war zone. And our purpose here is to save lives. And we dive right in when we talk about what's our mission. The soldier, what's our mission? Love God, love people. And that's what our purpose here on life is, to love God with all our heart and love others as ourselves. And if we truly love God and truly love people, then the Great Commission, to let the world know about Jesus in the authority of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. This is our mission. And the way we do that is Galatians 6-9, grow you not where you're doing good. Do good deeds and give the honor and glory to God. Because if we seek the honor and glory ourselves, it'll be hollow and empty. When we give to God, He gives us back love, joy, peace, and great things that come with that that Mm. wonderful equation. Wow. And that's just segment one of our conversation. This is one of the reasons why I love spending time with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman. He knows the word. He knows how to apply it to the world around us. He understands warfare, and he wants us to be battle-hardened because we are at war. On Spiritual Warfare, his newest book, 22 Winning Orders for Virtuous Warriors. More after this. God's Word tends to follow a specific circular pattern in every season of life. When we understand His pattern, we gain perspective on His hand in our life. That's why I've chosen Connecting the Dots as this month's truth tool. Find clarity for your unique mission and message. Ask for your copy of Connecting the Dots when you give a gift of any amount to In the Market. Call 877-JANET-58, that's 877-JANET-58, or go to inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. We get to spend the hour with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, who is a prolific author. And if nothing else, on behalf of everybody listening, I want to say thank you to the way in which Dave has served our country for decades, by the way. He served as an Airborne Ranger Infantry Officer and a Priority Service Sergeant and Paratrooper, a total of over two decades in the military, for which we are very grateful. So he wrote On Spiritual Combat, and this book that we're talking about today is really the sequel. It's called On Spiritual Warfare. 22 warning orders, and we're going to talk more about the coupling of those two words in a minute, for virtuous warriors. But Dave, I thought it was brilliant. I mean, uh, I, you are a philosopher warrior, which is one of the unique things about you. And now that I hear the background of this pastor, who also was someone who loved and understood philosophy, none of this comes as a surprise. Those seeds were planted early in your heart. But throughout the book, you weave not only deep scripture, and it was evidenced by our first segment together, it just flows out of you, but you also, in this book, weave in Luther and Erasmus. Tell me why. Well, my co-author is an amazing guy, retired uh, uh, Michigan State Police Sergeant Chris Pascoe. And uh, he had taken Erasmus' 22 principles to be a virtuous warrior in a dangerous world. And 500 years ago, one of the greatest uh, uh, authors in his time, his 22 principles was the best-selling book of its era. Hmm. And, of course, we don't even remember him. And then, and then Martin Luther, he were, he were Erasmus. 
22 orders, if you will, 22 principles. And Martin Luther, another great mind that we know, he joined each of those with 22 warnings. So in the military, we have a warning and an order. The warning order is letting people know a mission is coming and give them all the information we have at this point. And what we, we organize these in a 22 warning orders, 22 warn orders. Well, a lot of people heard of op order. Uh, this is a warn order. And, 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 you know, when we wrote the first book, it was, it was 30 missions. I had people say, oh, I, I couldn't let down a mission. I had to roll into the next. I could, I could drop a chapter. I couldn't stop the mission. Well, now we've got these virtuous, godly, 500-year-old warning orders from these incredibly virtuous, influential people from 500 years ago who gave us this warning and this order, the warning order. And on each of those we built, we've gathered scripture, we've gathered quotes and put it all together. But you know, uh, uh, of course, my co-author is a, a law, retired law enforcement. I'm, I'm, I'm a cop. I, I train cops in all 50 states. I might be, I think, praise God, the only person ever certified to train cops in all 50 states, every federal agency. And, and we know that they're hurt. all the first responders are hurting for this. And here's what we tell them. That, uh, that I tell them, don't curse God when your prayers are not answered the way you think they should. Listen, everybody will die. No matter how hard you pray, we're all going to die physically. And, and every nation will fall over my dead body. In the end, our son will die. But eternity continues. Eternity in heaven is infinitely, infinitely more important than any suffering on this earth. And so God's eye is on that big picture. And, and, and people, people my, my first responders, my military, they can't help but see terrible things every day and ask the question. I, I tell all my classes, this is not about religion. This is an existential question every human being asks. How could a loving God allow these terrible things to happen? And what I tell people is, you, you think you know the Bible because of Hollywood, and it's a twisted, distorted misrepresentation. We are not God's puppets. A loving God would not make you his puppet and manipulate. The evil one will make you his meat puppet and blink of an eye. But you ever heard, if you love something, let it go if it comes back at yours? That's how much God loves us. He loves us enough to let us make our own decision. And a lot of people make bad decisions, and a lot of bad things happen. You say, God... Why don't you do something? He says, I did. I sent you. And when you think about our first responders in the military, greater love has no one than this, that they lay down their life for their friends. So what manner of love is this, that men and women would lay their life down for strangers? What manner of love is this? In your city right now, there are first responders ready to walk out that door and die for you. What manner of love is this? But what I tell them, I said, listen to that verse one more time. Greater love is no one than this, that they lay down their life for their friends. But there are many ways to lay down your life. There are many ways to lay down your life. And sometimes the greatest love is not to sacrifice your life, but to live a life of sacrifice. Mm -hmm. And that's what we're called to do, is to live that life of sacrifice dedicated to God. And here's the heart of it all, the most important thing in the universe. It really did happen. Jesus really did die on the cross. He really did rise from the dead. The disciples saw him, doubting Thomas, touched the wound in his side. And here's how we know it, because 11 of the 12 disciples died for their faith. Men don't die for a lie. And then the disciples of the disciples, this is solid Roman history. The disciples of the disciples, they watched 
They watched Jesus' disciples die for their faith, and then they did the same. And here's the crazy part. We don't have to die for our faith. If somebody holds a gun to your head or your child's head and says, accept my faith, that you can, with your mouth, accept it in your heart, you know that you're still saved. Your salvation is guaranteed. But the thing is, they wanted the world to know that death had no sting, that the grave had no power over them. They wanted the world to know that they were absolutely confident, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that when you took their life, they would go straight to God. And, 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 and this, this powerful dynamic, it really did happen. Everything revolves around that. And out here right now, Janet, somebody's saying, I wish it was true. Mm. I wish there was a loving God. I wish I could believe that. Then identify for that what it is. That is a little seed of faith. Faith is a choice. And make the choice to plant your seed of faith. God wants us to pray for more love and pray for more faith. A man came to Jesus, asked him to heal his child. Jesus said, if you have enough faith, anything's possible. He said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Boom. Jesus did what he asked him to do. All God wants us to do is ask for more faith. Take your little seed of faith and plant it and ask for more faith and watch the miracles that God will do in your life. Faith is a choice. We can make that decision. Wow. Amen. Let me go back to the warn orders. We're coming up to a break. These warning orders, by the way. And this is part of the reason why Luther and Erasmus work their way throughout the book. Dave writes, Luther inspires the warning. Repent of your sins and be saved. This is the strategic level of spiritual warfare. Erasmus inspires the order. Serve the Lord and be sanctified. This is the tactical level of spiritual warfare. Victory through virtue. So much in this book on spiritual warfare thrilled that Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman is with us for the hour. More after this. On Spiritual Warfare, 22 Warning Orders for Virtuous Warriors. That is the latest book from Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, and it follows follows on the heels of his book on spiritual combat. And we are talking about really understanding what it means to go deep into the battle. And it's the antithesis, by the way, of what the world thinks. Dave, before we go on, you brought this up on spiritual combat, and I really resonated. Maybe it's because when you're the owner of multiple border, border collies, as I am, you really resonate with the picture of of sheep dogs. And when you have sheep, I'd much rather be the sheep dog than the sheep. Being a sheep is not really necessarily a compliment. They're not the smartest animals, and they have no natural defenses, by the way. They cluster together, stamp their foot on the ground, and depend on either donkeys or sheep dogs to protect them. But you love to call us not sheep, but sheep dogs. And I so resonated with this. Explain to our friends why. Well, you know, and we really took that a step further in on spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I want to be God's faithful dog. Now, we know when we get there that, that God will embrace us as a beloved child. We know we will understand things that we can't even comprehend right now. But right now, it's all I can do to think to be God's faithful dog, mm. uh, doing his faithful duty, protecting the innocent. It is, we, it is a fundamental belief that it is the responsibility of the strong to protect the weak, that God has put us here with these skills to perform this mission. And, and the idea of being God's dog, now I've got, I've got two, two uh, uh, poodles in a, in, a, in a chocolate lab, and if I let them off the leash, they will be in the neighbor's house and blink for an eye, they'll roll in something stinky, but I still love them. I know that's their nature, and God sees every stupid thing we do, and he still loves us. And, and here's, the, here's, the, here's the really great part. When you belong to him, 
Nothing, nothing, nothing can ever take you out of his grip. You're God's dog. And, uh, and, uh, and Will Rogers said, you get to thinking you're a man of some importance. <laughs> Try telling another man's dog what to do. <laughs> now, if you ever did that, if the, the dog's looking at you, and if the dog could talk, here's what he'd say. So I don't know much. I'm just a dog. I know this. I'm not your dog. I love when it. The evil one, when the evil one comes for you and yours, you look him in the eye and you tell him, I'm not your God. And one day, the sheep will finally rest at the feet of the great shepherd. And we you hear those words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know, I, I actually have a U.S. government trademark for the term sheepdog as a symbol of protector. Wow. And, uh, and we give people permission everywhere to use it, a nice little letter, and give them permission to use the phrase. But I've had people say, why does that sheepdog concept resonate so much? And then taking it that next step to being God's sheepdog. Well, well we, we love dogs. We're a nation that has embraced our dogs, and we, we love them. I think we're, our our, our and of love, the things we can love, has actually grown. And, and it's a beautiful thing. And in our civilization, it's kind of sad that people get more upset about a police dog being murdered than they do about a police officer being murdered. Mm-hmm. But that's who we are. And, and the idea of a God's dog, it's not a bad image for us to wrap our mind around it, understanding that when we get there. And, you know, and talking about what our, our, our cops and our first responders, our sheepdogs, face with every day, our, the enemy says that that world is divided into the oppressed and the oppressors. Mm-hmm. And the police are the oppressors. And the criminal are the oppressed. And and woe unto you what is saying good is bad and bad is evil. You know, that's mm-hmm. exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. That's what's happening in LA. That's why the San Francisco and, and New York, these these prosecutors get in charge because of this vast amount of money that was thrown into the campaign. And they sincerely believe that the criminal is the oppressed and that the police officer is the oppressor. And, and we don't need, where's this madness? This is their religion. And it was fed to them by these colleges. And now we see this tragedy, October 7th in Israel. Uh, and my book on killing talks about empowerment through atrocity and the dark evil of atrocity and, and, and how these people are entrapped and empowered by atrocity. And then we've got people on our campuses saying, Israel deserved that because they were the oppressors. This is evil to have babies beheaded, to have babies shoved in the oven, to have people burned in front of their family, rapes and murders of innocent children. This is atrocity of enormous magnitude. And yet their, their religion tells them that Israel is the oppressor and, and, and it's the oppressed right to, to, to rise up and perform these terrible acts. That should cause fear in the hearts of all of us, that those people believe that the oppressor had the right to come in and perform those acts. And the same thing is true here in America when they say the criminal is the oppressed. And, and, and they're stealing stuff in your store. You don't have the right to stop them, let alone use deadly force to stop them. This is a breakdown of the fiber of our civilization. The fundamental foundation of every civilization is what I call the social contract. Here's the social contract. You obey the law. You pay your taxes. And we'll help keep you safe. How, how, why would they obey the law? Why would they pay their taxes if we can't keep them safe? Last year, we had an all-time record number of cops shot in the line of duty. The year before that, we had an all-time record number of cops murdered in the line of duty. In spite of body armor, in spite of, of leaps of medical technology that are saving lives every day, in spite of ever-advancing medical technology, in spite of, of, of body armor tactics and training, we see an all-time record number of cops murdered in the line of duty. We saw 
murder explode in 2020, the George Floyd effect. We saw three times worse annual increase in homicides, anything we've ever seen before, almost three times worse annual increase in homicides, anything we've ever seen before. And it was the George Floyd effect, and this twisted message that the criminals are the good guys and the cops are evil oppressors who are murdering innocent criminals. And the result was an explosion of homicide like nothing we have ever seen before. We must stand up against this evil, Janet. Wow. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman's latest book is called On Spiritual Warfare. It follows on the heels of his book on spiritual combat. I strongly recommend both to you, by the way. In his latest book, he offers 22 warn ords, warning orders, military term, and they are orders for you and me on how we can become victorious warriors. We're going to take a break and come right back. I've got a link to the book on my info page so that you can learn more. And this is a book well worth your time. Back after this. of the endless bias spin you hear on mainstream media on in the market we're using god's word as our guide as we examine today's events and we want you to be informed and bold about his truth this is a listener supported program so if you value what you hear and you want us to continue on your station become a partial partner with your monthly support call 877 janet 58 that's 877 janet 58 or go online to in the market with if you are just joining us, the warmest of welcomes. Let me tell you, however, you're going to want to download this broadcast from the beginning. So just go to our website, inthemarketwithjanetpartial.org. Left-hand side, look for the words past programs. You can download this hour in its entirety, and you do want to hear what Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman has to say from the beginning. He joins us today as the author of his latest book, and he's written many. This one is called On Spiritual Warfare, 22 Warning Orders for Virtuous Warriors. He knows a little something about warfare. He served as a U.S. Army Ranger for 24 years. He has five patents to his name. He has published over 14 books, including On Killing. There's over a half a million copies out there. And On Combat. He is a retired U.S. Army Ranger, a paratrooper, a former West Point psychology prof. He holds a black belt in jiu-jitsu, the martial art of the firearm, and has been inducted into the U.S. Martial Arts Hall of Fame. He has helped train mental health professionals after the Jonesboro school massacres, was also involved in counseling and court cases in the aftermath of multiple shootings, Paducah, Springfield, Littleton, and the Naked Minds Amish school massacre. Dave, I was thinking, as followers of Christ, as his sheepdogs, what do you think is the biggest misunderstanding we have about spiritual warfare? Let me interject if I may, Janet. You're very kind. I put the Ranger tab on, graduated from Ranger School in 1979, and and that's what makes you a Ranger. Go to the Army Ranger Association first and foremost. I've never had the honor to serve in Ranger unit, but I have led infantry uh, mm. around the world. Uh, I, I am an Army Ranger, bear the tab, uh, starting from the very beginning in 1974. And, and the, the major, as you asked, the major difficulty, the major challenge out there, is people don't truly understand that that eternity is, is hanging in, in uh, hanging in the balance. They, they don't grasp that the things on this earth are nothing, nothing, nothing compared to eternity in heaven. Everyone dies, every nation falls, every sun will die, but eternity continues. So don't be pulled down by the things of this world, but come back to our mission statement to love God and love people, and if we love them, we will bring them to the knowledge of salvation. If you had the cure for cancer, 
You'd be going everywhere trying to let people know. If, 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 you, if you saw people trapped in a burning building and there was a door barricaded from the outside, you'd, you'd unbarricade that door. You'd say, come here, come here. There's a way out. I know the way to life. We have a cure for life. We have a ticket for eternity. And we need to be excited about it. We need to have a sense of great great responsibility to tell people about that. And that's what these books on spiritual combat, now on spiritual warfare, we have actually a third one in this series. It's a Bulletproof Marriage, 90-day devotional, mm. uh, which talks about leveraging your faith uh, in, in, uh, into your relationship. But just understand, this is the greatest misperception of all, that, that, that I'll get to heaven because I was a good guy. That's not how it works. We to heaven through the blood of Jesus. We've got to believe him. He told us what the situation was. God laid it down. He set a plan across thousands of years. We've got, we've got all of the scripture that was fulfilled in Jesus. Uh, he, he, nothing else has ever done it. Four parallel contemporary accounts of what happened, and then the history of his disciples, the most astounding thing in the world. And, and we we're talking about the Romans just killing these Christians and fascinated by these Christians who would die for their faith. They'd never seen anything like that. But ultimately, Christianity was victorious over the Romans. The Eastern Roman Empire uh, existed for a thousand years, the Byzantine Empire, from around 400 to 1400. Thousand-year-long empire was embraced. They embraced Christianity and was one of the longest-lasting empires in history, and the core of their success was to embrace Christianity because in the end, the score was martyrs won Christian zero, Romans zero, and, and, and we defeated Rome. But remember, in spiritual warfare, we win by saving people, mm-hmm. and we brought them to the knowledge of salvation. So that, that misperception that I'm going to get in heaven because I'm a good guy, you let people know the only way in heaven is through the blood of Jesus. And to believe it really did happen, uh, and, and wrap your mind around the reality of that, and go out there and tell people about it. You know a lot of times we get carried away thinking about end times, and a lot of people, we've almost been the little boy that cries wolf across the centuries and millennia. This is the end time. This is the end time. Jesus said nobody can know the hour. I, I think there's great value in focusing on the beginning time and focusing on those, 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 that early history of the church and the incredible achievements that were, were part of that whole process. And, and then the evil that we see today with this whole concept of the oppressor and the oppressed and the breakdown of our civilization by rejecting basic fundamental Christian principles. If you live by the principles God has given us, there is great, great joy and fulfillment and blessings that come with that. And, and that becomes our goal, to, to embrace that as a nation. And, and you, should, you should be excited about letting people know we have the cure to death. We mm. have eternity. And this is how you do it, to accept the Lord Jesus Christ, whosoever believeth shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And that's what it's all about, Janet. Uh, you know, we, we, we talked about, uh, about prayer as our primary tool in spiritual warfare. We, we went through Ephesians chapter 6 and on spiritual combat. Uh, on spiritual combat was really equipment issue and basic training. And the last thing in Ephesians chapter 6, most people think, is the sword. But no, the last thing is the radio. It says, pray ceaselessly in the spirit. Mm. And that's our radio. That's our final and most powerful of all tools that God has put in our hands. You know, I'm just an infantry soldier on the battlefield. All I got is what I can carry on my back, and that ain't much. 
but I can get on that radio and I can call medevac. I can call in resupply. I can call in airstrikes. I, I can maneuver other elements. We must be in prayer and we must pray ceaselessly. And God tells us that wherever two or three are gathered, there am I in their midst. And I, I think we can say that when you have a prayer partner, your prayer has extra mojo. And, mm. and your prayer partner should be your spouse. My wife and I, my wife of 48, almost 49 years now, she was my high school sweetheart. She was, she was 15, I was 17 when I proposed to her. Tell people we are from Arkansas. But <laughs> every night, whether I'm away, uh, if I'm home, we hold hands, I cradle her head. And, and when I'm away, we do it on the phone. Or even when I'm getting on the phone, we, we send it by Internet and, and we pray for each other. And we hold all of our cares and everything that's dear and precious to us, we give to God. And, and I believe the most important things we can pray for, we hold all of our dear ones up by name. Then we ask that God will bring them to the knowledge of salvation. And then the final thing we ask for is more faith. I think, mm. I think God wants us to ask constantly for more faith. Like the man who came to Jesus and the disciples said, Lord, how can we have more faith? Ask for more faith and ask for more love for each other and for God. And those are the two key things that we should pray for. And we talk about when, when things are wrong. My bride, 48 years, uh, I get frustrated. I get, I get troubled. I, 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 I kind of negative words start bubbling up. Stop. They come straight from hell. Stop mm-hmm. there and say, God, give me more faith. Give me more love. To be able to not say those, those words, those evil words and those, those hateful words that are bubbling up and, and guide me to have more love and have more faith. And, and we talk about that as the number one immediate reflexive response in spiritual warfare is stop and pray for more faith and pray for more love. And it's that love and it's that faith that empowers us and guides us. Wow. Dave, you work so much with law enforcement, as you talked about before, and they have a series, I think, of kind of special attacks. You alluded to that earlier. And very often they suffer from PTSD when you're trying to teach them to be victorious warriors and they have to push through stuff that so many people within the sound of our voice don't have a reference for experientially, how do you encourage them? Well, you know, what I do is I teach what's called resiliency. I call it the bulletproof mind. Hmm. And, and the military talks about resiliency in terms of people who do not get PTSD. And the vast, vast majority of our veterans do not get PTSD. They have post-traumatic growth. The vast, vast majority do not commit suicide. They do not have PTSD. They have post-traumatic growth. But there's that slice that do have PTSD, and our goal is to prevent that. But one of the pillars of resiliency around the world is faith. And, and, and the goal is to let go of all the things you can't control. You know, an example of somebody who didn't get PTSD, Viktor Frankl, walked out of a Nazi death camp, did not have PTSD, he said, I realized the only thing universe these Nazis couldn't control is how I choose to respond. The only thing universe you can control is how you choose to respond. If you become bitter or cynical or, or you slip into denial, that, that's the one thing you can control. Now tell them, you don't lose your temper. You give it away. Now, that's easy to say. It ain't so easy to do. But the first mm-hmm. step is realizing you don't lose your temper. It's the only thing in your verse you can control. You give it away. So we lay that foundation of take all the things that, that you can't control and hand them over to God. Just take care of all those things. The future is uncertain. What other people are doing, there's nothing to do about that. The, the foundation of resiliency 
is to take all the things you can't control and let go of them. The past, everything in the past is done. Let go of it. The only thing you universe can control is you right now. And you and the Holy Spirit dwelling within you are capable of mighty, mighty deeds in the world today. And, you know, we, we, we talk in the book about, about uh, the media turning these killers into celebrities. And I teach this my cops. I'm the, the Oxford, Michigan school killer. I never say their names. This this kid, you'd know his picture, you'd know his name. And one of the last things scrawled in his journal: "I want the world to remember me." Now, what's this mm. kid's motive? The mm. media feeds these killers, and our cops have got to stand up for what's right and confront it all everywhere. The book is called on spiritual warfare 22 warning orders ward orders is what they're called for victorious warriors throughout the book dave and his co-author chris weave the writings of luther and erasmus and it's just saturated in scripture excellent book for the times in which we find ourselves we'll take one last break and come back more of our conversation with dave grossman right after this We're visiting with Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, who's the author of multiple books. His latest is called On Spiritual Warfare. And in it, he and his co-author, Chris Pasco provide 22 warning orders, warn orders, for virtuous warriors. It's uh, absolutely a fascinating and very timely read, given the times and the days in which we find ourselves. Talk to me about the deceptive powers of Satan and why... Good sheepdogs need to understand this seduction, and we also need to understand if we're going to be effective, virtuous warriors, we have to be on guard, as the Scripture tells us. How do we do that? We know an amazing man, Martin Luther, gave us these 22 warnings. Number one, the wicked have no faith. Number two, the wicked doubt the Lord. Number three, the wicked are self-centered. Number four, the wicked resist the Lord. Number five, the wicked are blinded, and on and on and on. And and, and people are blinded by the world, and, and Every single one of those, Erasmus gives us the principle to respond. But if we can take this final segment, Janet, and focus it on something we're both very passionate about, we talk about the fact that in a democracy, a republic such as ours, we are the rulers. Mm. By virtue of, of, of your citizenship, your vote decides who will real, rule our nation. And, and we look at the, the, the ungodly leaders in the Old Testament— we look at those who did not use their authority to move the nation towards righteousness and the condemnation that God brought down on those people. Now, our, our salvation through Jesus is assured, but we are failing in our mission if we do not vote and if we do not vote for righteousness. People say, oh, I don't like either side. Well, which one is standing there for third trimester abortion to murder the baby the day before it comes out of its mother's womb? Which one is, is supporting a, a genital mutilation of children without the permission of their parents? But even if, even if you have trouble at the national level, really we should be focusing all of our attention at the local level. God's Word tells us the city, the city, the city. The Great Commission begins in Jerusalem and then spreads out. Mm-hmm. Do you know who's on your city council? Do you, do, do you have somebody who's, who's going out and interviewing every single city council member and then saying, these are the ones that we endorse? We're not saying they're the bad people, but these are the ones who are godly, virtuous people that we endorse. Do you even know who's in charge at the county level? Do you even know about the candidates, the, the place where we should be most focused, where we make the greatest difference, 
And, and I called upon the church to send people out to interview every single candidate to, to find out what they're – you can ask, well, what, 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 how do you feel about these various issues, and, and, and where do you worship? Or you just ask, where are your civic involvements? And then you see the house of worship they are, are not in, that they will or will not report. Uh, Janet, these are tragic times. Uh, good is evil, and, and evil is good, and we've got to stand up for what's right. And we have the authority within us to move this nation towards paths of righteousness. And I, I tell you with all my heart, I believe if you do not vote and do not vote for righteousness, then we have failed in our mission right up front for spiritual warfare. Mm-hmm. But remember, in the end, it's about saving people. Spiritual warfare is not about killing people like normal warfare. It's about mm-hmm. saving them right. and letting people know it really did happen. Exactly. You brought up voting, which I believe, by the way, is a privilege, it's a right, and it's a responsibility. I don't know how we seek the welfare of the city without voting. But my salvation doesn't come by way of Washington. So talk to yes. that person who goes, look, I'm, I'm just passing through. This world is not my home. I'm a temporary citizen. I'm going to a far greater country. So, you know, I'm just going to sit this out because it's all going to get worse anyway. I read the book and things get worse before they get better. That, I believe, is a form of deception, that it speaks oh, passivity I... into the heart of the believer. Talk to me oh, about that. Look that person in the eye and say, soldier, you are AWOL. God God has, has said you are AWOL. You've been sent here for a mission, and you have failed in your mission. This is not our home. You're right, but we are soldiers deployed to a war zone for the duration. And, you know, World War II, most of them signed up for the duration. They had no idea how long that would be, the duration of the war. Well, we are warriors who have been deployed to a war zone. And if you're AWOL, if you're just cruising through, that's that's not what God tells you to do. Our, our salvation is guaranteed when we accept Jesus. You know, we can look at him and say, I'm not your dog. But dear Lord, please, please rise to the challenge. Be mighty warriors for the Lord. Don't be AWOL. Look at what God asks us to do. Please read the book on spiritual combat, on spiritual warfare, and understand this this solemn mission that was laid before us. Look at the, the scripture that we've got here and the wise words from 500 years ago. And you might listen to Janet Parcell's show a whole lot more if that's what you're thinking right now. <laughs> Dave, you know, on the battlefield, you, it's, re, it's relatively easy. Let me make sure I'm judicious in my words here to recognize who is the victor and who is the loser on the battlefield. But for the believer, aren't we victorious every time we show up? Yeah, amen. That, that's part of it. You know, part of it's just showing up, but the other part is is showing up and then getting in the fight. Are we spectators or mm. are we truly in the fight? And, 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 and that's where the world is constantly trying to pull us down. This, 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 the fact that we have the cure for death, that we have the cure for cancer, and that we have been given authority in our nation— and, and, you know, everybody thought this is end times. Oh, the Romans thought it was end times. And then the fall of the Eastern Roman Empire, and then the Dark Ages, and then Napoleon, and World War One, World War Two, and the Cold War, and they were all crying wolf. And all oh, these are end times. Let go of that. And look at the beginning times and the, the disciples who laid their life down and the words that they gave us. And stay focused on your mission to saving people for eternity, to saving lives, and never let go of the fact that it really did happen. Be excited about that, and and then turn around and ask for more faith. But it's so tragic that there are those around us who, who are not excited by the authority they, they've given. And, and I just tell the soldier, you are AWOL, and you will have to answer to your commander. Now, in World War II, everybody was in the fight. 
Uh, the kids did scrap drives, and, and we bought war bonds, and everybody was in, involved in the battle, and it all came down to the soldier in the front lines. But in spiritual warfare, it's, it's like guerrilla warfare. We are dispersed and divided, but we answer straight to our supreme commander as we, as we are warriors in this fallen land. Wow. Dave, it's an excellent book. So many wonderful, wonderful points. You remind us to make Christ the guide and the goal of our life. You talk to us about the power of repentance. You remind us again that the most effective weapon that we have is the power of prayer. And then you remind us again not to be AWOL, but to show up because that's what we've been called to do. This book is rich. It's theologically rich. And I thank you so much for not only taking the time to write it, but for challenging us to be thinking a different way. The whole concept of war here is antithetical. We are strangers in many respects to this world. So we win by faith. We win by love. That's how we overcome evil, as Dave said multiple times now. We've got the cure for death. He gave it to us. Every one of us who have accepted Christ as our personal Savior, confessed with our mouth as Jesus is Lord and believed in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. We are his. And for us, death has been conquered. Now go and tell somebody that and do so in a virtuous fashion. The book is called On Spiritual Warfare. Check it out on my information page. My heartfelt thanks to Dave Grossman and to you, friends. We'll see you next time.